When you see that valor and courage in him and you know he wants to give us the death problem solved, the forgiveness of sins forever done, we can receive him and that's where it all begins. But once you know him as your Lord and Savior, folks, again, that's just the beginning. Then you want to give your life away. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. What does it mean for us to be Christians of valor? Are we brave, courageous, and fearless? Do we live with intestinal fortitude and virtue? On this broadcast, David and Marilyn Chadwick continue with their short series of teachings on becoming people of valor. Here's part two of their lesson, Gideon and Esther. So look at the heart of valor the heart of courage that someone says, I'm willing to give my life even for other people to live. That's the true biblical definition of Galar. That's that's Gideon going, I'm giving my life to be free from the Midianites. Esther, I'm giving my life to be free from the Persian domination and the potential extinction of the Jewish folks. And David, I think you and I would agree with this because we've looked at Christians all over the world that are giving their lives in such amazing ways. And you guys might agree with me on this. Um, Deep down inside, don't you all feel a desire to be a world changer? I think everybody deep down inside just knows that we're made for something more. And we're made to make a difference in the more broken and hurting this world gets. And I think all of us have been so moved by what we've seen of these recent tragedies. And it just gives you a desire to to give or to go or to do something. And, you know, the millennial generation, it's so funny because we've raised three. And depending on which studies you read, it's somewhere from around 15 to 16 up to about 36. And I know that millennials tell me we don't want to be called millennials. So I don't know what else to call them. They but, don't want to be studied. They yeah. want to be known is <laughs> what be we known. hear a lot. Which, which, like I said, I love that generation. I love this generation because I think it's the future. And the Pew Research Group, which is a secular research group that does phenomenal studies, have, they've done the most conclusive study ever of this generation. It's called Confident, Connected, and Open to Change. You can... You can get online and find it. But there were three of the top findings that they found stirred the heart of the millennial generation. And again, remember, this is not a Christian study, nor is it just looking at church people. In fact, it's a very wide-reaching study. Marriage and the family, believe it or not, were the top two uh, concerns of millennials. Even though they're waiting longer to get married and have children, those were still the top two concerns. The third one was a way to serve the needy and give their life away. And I think that that just goes to show us that even if we don't think we're religious, if we're honest with ourselves, God has woven into us a desire, kind of a noble desire to give our life away to others. One of the other places we want to turn in this series that Marilyn covers in the book, Woman of Valor, is the Proverbs 31 woman, uh, who is absolutely fascinating in looking at her life. Uh, In Proverbs 31.10, it says, um, in that term you use in the Hebrew, eshet hayil, is the woman of valor who can find. Uh, So the search for a true woman or person of valor, God is looking for that kind of person. Talk some about the Proverbs 31 woman. Well, and if you all are familiar at all with Proverbs 31, you're probably looking at that verse going, I didn't think that was the translation. I didn't, that's not the way I've always read it. Usually when you read it in an English Bible, it says an excellent wife, a competent wife, Eugene Peterson said, a good woman. (laughs) You know, they're just some very interesting translations of the term eshet hayal. But in in the Hebrew, it's woman of valor. And so maybe you're like me. I was kind of going, why didn't I know that? And I'd actually researched about 21 versions of the Bible until I came to that one. 
And when I got to the Orthodox Jewish Bible, I saw a woman of valor. And I was like, whoa, where has this been all my life? So I, you know, I Googled it. Whoever knew we were going to use Google as a verb? But anyway, I Googled it. <laughs> and there are hundreds of references to the woman of valor, all of them overseas, mostly in the Middle East, mostly in Israel, because it's, it's the Jewish term, but it's also their way of recognizing the worth of womanhood. They have Woman of Valor conferences, Woman of Valor plaques, and even on Shabbat, the night before their Sabbath, Jewish men either recite Hebrews 30, I mean, um, Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, which is the second portion of that and chapter. And some of them even actually sing it, yeah, don't they? Yeah, you can they? Google that, yeah. Would you like on. for me to do yeah. that? No, I didn't <laughs> I think so. so. Okay. No. Um, but, the, but they'll sing the verses because they're not making a list of all the things she does, which is kind of how the Western church has interpreted this, like, oh, she, you know, sells the clothes, she makes all her own dresses, she, you know, defends her family from enemies, she raises kids. Has an outside it, it's job. Su- has an outside well. job. It's such a long list, and people read that chapter, and they're kind of exhausted. But in the Jewish mindset, really what they're trying to do is just honor the woman that has given her life to that home and to that family. So we found it when we were doing our, our, our studies on marriage for the previous books, but we were just so fascinated that why has pretty much the Western church just kind of glossed over this whole concept of the woman of valor and reduced it to, not saying that it's not a good thing to be a virtuous woman, but virtue without valor is just, it's just kind of weak, don't you think? You looked back over 700 years of church history and biblical interpretation and this term valor has been changed through the mm-hmm. centuries, through the centuries. And I think we need to reclaim its inted- intentional mm-hmm. rootage, which mm-hmm. is what you did going back yeah. to the 1300s. Which is kind of ironic because back in the 70s when I became a Christian, I'd gone from being in about seven years of an atheist. At age 15, I invited God out of my life. And I pretty much was convinced he didn't exist for about seven years. Thankfully, I met him a year before I met you. <laughs> but, um, I'm glad for that. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I always said I was never going to become a Christian and I was never, ever going to marry a minister. So um, it's funny how we end up. Joke's on yeah. you, lady. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy I did both. <clears throat> but my point in telling you that is I was also very strongly, you know, in that pretty much second wave of feminism in the 70s, you know, you know, go out and save the world and hyper ambitious and all that. So it's interesting to me that I'm the one looking back through the centuries to find out, you know, how did we lose this woman of valor? And when you go back to 1300s and you see that the first person to really bring the Bible into the language of the common man was a guy named John Wycliffe. And he hand translated from the Latin to the English, the common English of the day, the whole Bible. Can you imagine how long that took? And so he found, well, he found Heil, first of all, to be the term that it was and translated it as virtuous. Now, isn't that interesting? There are two, there are, excuse me, 300 times the word virtuous is used as the translation for Heil in Wycliffe's Bible. And so I went back and found out what virtuous meant back in the 1300s when good old John Wycliffe was sitting there by hand writing all this. And virtuous in the 1300s was characterized by vigor or strength, having qualities befitting a knight. Knights were most often called virtuous. It meant valiant, hardy, courageous. Um, It was from a Latin word virtuosus, which was good and moral, strength, high character. So you did have the high character aspect of it. Manliness, 
vigor, bravery, courage, and war, and all this, excellence and worth. And it was from the Latin word vir, V-I-R, from which we get virile. So it was very manly and strong and courageous and worthwhile and, and to go out and save the day and fight the wars. So virtuous was powerful. Uh, he didn't actually call the Proverbs 31 woman the virtuous woman at that point. He called her a strong woman, which is pretty close to what you're looking for here. But by the time you get up to the 1600s in the King James Version of the Bible, that word virtuous, which is still in the language of that day, virtuous really meant moral excellence, chastity, and religious devotion. And it had lost completely the whole idea of valor or courage or bravery or warlike service or self-sacrifice. So when you see in the King James Version, go look it up, it's a virtuous woman. She pretty much had been emptied of all of her strength and courage. And I don't quite know why. You know, a lot of people have tried to say that it was because of gender um, bias and all these kinds of things. But, you know, I kind of wonder if it isn't just because words change. I was cleaning out the closet with my little six-year-old granddaughter, Anna Grace, and she calls me Mare Mare. And she said, Mare Mare, because I was pulling something out of the closet to throw away. She said, Mare Mare, what's that? And I said, well, that's a phone book. And she said, well, what's a phone book? (laughs) And I thought to myself, you know, it's just interesting how words lose their meanings. Why the word virtuous got watered down, I don't know. But what I do know is that virtue without valor is really empty, don't you think? And valor without virtue, you know, the moral goodness Valor without virtue is not very strong. And so what I've tried to do with the book, and David and I kind of have been having some good conversations about this, is we need to reclaim that whole concept, especially for a woman of valor. I'm talking about the Proverbs 31 woman now. She's part nurturer, and she's also part warrior. It almost reminds me of Wonder Woman. (laughs) Are you saying that women can be Wonder Women? Well... Why not? You know, <laughs> I, I will tell you this. It is kind of ironic that you know she is was Miss Israel, and she's Jewish, and so I'm kind of laughing, thinking, okay, she's carried this Jewish woman of valor theme, whether she meant to or not. She served two years in the uh, Israeli Defense Forces. A lot of people don't know her name is Gal Gadot, and a lot of people don't know that she was five months pregnant during the filming a lot of the battle scenes. And don't ask me how they did, but, you know, they photoshopped it. But she was so proud of it. She feels like, you know, that womanhood and motherhood all are something to be proud of. So she uh, had on her Instagram a picture of Wonder Woman with a big belly, and she said, I grow humans. What's your superpower? (laughs) (laughs) So I just think it's real cute that she seems to be very family-oriented. And I think whatever you think about Wonder Woman, I do think that just looking at that image, how great to celebrate the strong, nurturing power of a woman and the warrior side. Yeah, we really want to state today, and this is not just for married women, it's for single women, it's for all women, it's for all men to balance that that two-sidedness all of us are supposed to have to be nurturers, but also warriors for the Lord. And that's what he's calling us to be. In fact, the next step we wanted to emphasize in the message today is that the true source of strength for the Proverbs 31 woman and for for all people who really want to be valorous and courageous is in the Lord. Proverbs 31.30, the last verse of that section on what the Proverbs 31 woman is like, says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And for men, it would be 
The desire to be prestigious, powerful, have lots of possessions, outward appearance, all those things are vanity. They're all going to fade away. Just like charm and deceit are all going to fade away for a woman. What's most important is to seek the fear of the Lord. Every valorous person we know has their life rooted in Christ. They've given their lives to the Lord. They live in the fear of the Lord. I don't know if you believe this or not, but you will face the Lord one day. You will. All of us die, we'll face him one day. The question is, will we face him forgiven or not? And what Jesus came to do is to forgive us of our sins so that we could be connected to the Lord God of hosts. Never worry about that day when we face him because our sins have been forgiven. But then live for him now. Go give our lives away in courage and valor to a dying and hurting world until Jesus either comes again or we die and go to be with him. So that's the message today. Our rootage is in our relationship with Christ. If you don't know Jesus personally today, I beg you to come to faith in him. But that's just the first step, to be baptized, to give your life to him, and then live for him in courage and valor for a dying world that needs so desperately people who will come help. And we'll talk more next week about this Proverbs 31 woman and others because a lot of what happens is in our home. And, it's, and sometimes, you know, we, we often go from extremes from, oh, everybody has to be in the home. If you're a woman, stay in the home. You can't even move beyond those boundaries and there's nothing that you can do better than raising a family. Okay, and, and there is some truth to that. We understand that. Today's world is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's sort of like, Let's go out and be superheroes and kick butt and leave mostly vanquished men in our wake, you know. And we really think the truth is somewhere in between the two. But, but this Proverbs 31 woman, again, I want to stress that it's not just for married people. And I think you'll see that next week. Remember, she's not called a wife of valor. She's called a woman of valor. And Ruth in the Bible was called a woman of valor well before she was ever married. Uh, one Jewish writer said she kind of was feeling left out by this whole woman of valor thing because people were singing that to her family and her mom and her sisters the night before Shabbat. And she wasn't married, nor did she have children. But she had a very prestigious job on Wall Street and she just said, I decided to start working in the homeless shelter in the mornings before I went to work. And she said, you know, as I saw the sun come up and I realized the joy that I felt in ministering to others, I realized that I was a woman of valor too. It's just that my household looked different. And so I really think, you know, the woman of valor in the, in the Jewish world is not celebrated because she does all these things. Again, let's remind ourselves she's celebrated because of the fear of the Lord which is her relationship with the Lord and then how she pours her life out to others. To other people. You're thinking of some other contemporary examples. Uh, there was a time some years ago when I sat down with two women who worked with a missions organization and they had taken the gospel of Jesus Christ to the remotest parts of Nigeria, had to climb mountains on horseback and take the gospel to places that had never heard before. And I was sitting down with dinner with them and it was interesting in my own stupidity and I can be pretty stupid sometimes. I asked them this question, hey, don't you guys ever struggle with the debate in America today about women in spiritual leadership and there you went and formed this church and you preached the gospel to them. Didn't that bother you that maybe you weren't being honorable to the biblical view of male spiritual leadership? And both of them looked me in the eye like I had just spoken demonic possession kind of stuff. And they looked at me and said, no men would go. <laughs> That's all they said. So th this message really, yeah. and for the next couple weeks, please know it's not about married women. It's yeah. not about married men. It's about people. 
with a call upon their lives to go be courageous to what God's told them to do. I've never forgotten that illustration with those two women. No men would go. And home is important, but our homes may look different. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, it's just interesting that we've seen so many examples. And again, it's a book about women. If I'd known we were going to do the sermon series, I guess I wouldn't have had time to write a book for men. Oh, well. But, you know, we feel like the examples are appropriate either way. And the, the numbers of men and women of valor that we've met all over the world are just astounding. So that's what we're calling all of you today to contemplate about your life. Two foundations we'd like to leave you today. First of all, seek Christ wholeheartedly and obey God. It all begins from your relationship with Jesus. And when you come to know him and realize his great courage, that he went to the cross and took all of our sins upon himself, something he didn't deserve, to give us the gift of eternal life by grace through faith, something we don't deserve. When you see that valor and courage in him and you know he wants to give us the death problem solved, the forgiveness of sins forever done, we can receive him and that's where it all begins. But once you know him as your Lord and Savior, folks, again, that's just the beginning. Then you want to give your life away. And Marilyn and I have challenged you through the years to pray the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray, which is, honey? Yeah, I call it the hot prayer because it usually gets answered so fast. <laughs> but it's, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. There are just all kinds of ways to show valor in this hurting and broken world. But I think the starting point, once you're connected with the Lord, is just to say, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours, and then listen and watch what happens. Just listen to where God's sending you and go be a person of valor. You're listening to Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Coming up, David joins me in the studio in an insightful conversation about this morning's Moment of Hope. We'll be right back. What do you do when you begin drinking at ages 10 to 12? Where can your life go when you started abusing drugs at ages 13 to 15? You want to be part of the fabric of society, yet you emotionally stop maturing the day your addiction took over your life at the tender age of 12. I'm Tony Marciano, President and CEO of Charlotte Rescue Mission, and we have served people who have stood at the intersection of homelessness and addiction for well over 80 years. But what is it that they really need? Well, beyond building a foundation of long-term sobriety in their life, how does one obtain the life skills they never learned but desperately need to thrive in society? You know, they should have learned them growing up, but now they're an adult. What do they do? And where do they go? Let me tell you where they come. Community Matters Cafe is more than just good food and house-roasted coffee. It's an extension program of Charlotte Rescue Mission that is transforming lives. The Rescue Mission provides free, Christian, residential, high-quality substance abuse recovery programs to members of our community. You know, and after men and women graduate from Charlotte Rescue Mission's 120-day Rebound Men's and Dove's Nest Women's Residential Programs, they have the option to enroll in the Life Skills Program at Community Matters Cafe. And during the six-month program, students learn a variety of critical skills in a restaurant setting that help them get and keep long-term employment. Community Matters Cafe is located diagonally opposite the Panther Practice Fields at the corner of Cedar and West First Street. Charlotte Rescue Mission is grateful for the financial partnership of Moments of Hope Church in this important life-changing ministry in our community. 
Thanks for listening to Moments of Hope. I'm Jen Houston, and with me is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Jen. Great to be with you. Well, you called this morning's Moment of Hope, Don't Live Under the Circumstances. Well, actually, people always enjoy this teaching from me. Here's how it goes. When you meet somebody, practically always they ask the question, well, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so often we respond with, well, under the circumstances, I'm doing okay. And here's my point. As a follower of Jesus, we are not supposed to live under the circumstances. (laughs) We're never supposed to live under the circumstances. We should always live above the circumstances, more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us, Romans 8, 37. That's the position we have in the heavenlies with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6 says we're seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father right now. Mm -hmm. So if God the Father is ruling over his world and his son is at his right hand, the position of power, and we are at Jesus' right hand, having his power in us and we too ruling over our circumstances, how can we ever say, well, under the circumstances, Mm -hmm. I'm okay. (laughs) We know that we're supposed to live in Jesus' strength to be able to do all things through him, Mm -hmm. Philippians 4.13. So Christians know our God is using evil for good, pain for his purposes, turning our tests into our testimonies, our messes into a message. God is using everything for his good. Now, if that's true, how in the world can we live under the circumstances? No, indeed, we are living over our circumstances as conquerors, more than conquerors, through him who loves us. This is so good, and it reminds me of something that you say. You know, you don't want to be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good, but this brings it all together. Yeah, as we live in our position in Christ, we can live as more than conquerors. And one of the key things that every believer has to understand is their identity in Christ. We have so many debates going on in our culture right now regarding intersectionality. For example, we find our identity in how we've been hurt. So people who've been hurt in all different kinds of circumstances, whether it's a younger person, an older person, a male or a female or whatever it may be, be that's hurt us, people cry out, ouch, and then they find their identity and their pain. They come together in their intersectionality, and they demand to be equalized in some way or another. But the truth is, we are not what happened to us. Let me say that again. We are not what happened to us. We are the children of God, adopted into his family, deeply and dearly loved by him. And when we understand that identity, A, it's what unites all of us in the world to come together and be in the one family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. And secondly, we release our pain to the Lord and believe that somehow he's working through it in ways we don't understand. Mm. Therefore, we never live under the circumstances. Again, we're more than conquerors. This is so powerful. I think this topic of identity is at the foundation and core of what we need to be reminded of often. So this is powerful. Jen, I think it's the key to health and wholeness, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that if you find your identity again in what has happened to you, the pain that you have, eventually you're going to fall into a deep abyss because you just can't get out of that pain. So realize who you are in Christ and that will set you free. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, thank you, Jen. And if you listeners would like to receive from me a daily written moment of hope, go to Moments of Hope Church 
Church.org. You can subscribe there. Daily, it will arrive in your inbox at 7 a.m. A gift from me, my heart to yours, to give your day a moment of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. We'd love to have you join us for worship this Sunday morning. We meet at Providence Day School, located at 5800 Sardis Road in South Charlotte at 10 a.m. You can find more information on our website, momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to sign up for David's daily Moments of Hope, delivered every morning to your inbox. And also, check out David's Hopecast. They're both free and available at momentsofhopechurch.org. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for a spirit of life to sweep across our nation.